All right. Am I the am I the able for telling my sister I can't attend my brother in law's funeral? My my F twenty three sister, F twenty eight husband, recently passed away in an accident. This is a shock and absolutely devastating for all of us. The funeral is coming up soon. I'm sure all of you know Taylor Swift is currently on tour. <laughs> Gosh. And tickets are notoriously difficult to get. <laughs> it's always the Taylor Swift tickets. First the wedding, now the funeral. Been a fan ever since I was a kid. My first ever concert was her Red Tour. Her music has gotten me through my hardest moments and also my best memories. <laughs> it might well, sound dramatic to someone, which is fine. They're going to a lot more Taylor Swift. Not <laughs> but I feel Taylor and her music is a massive part of my life and shaped who I am. Me and my friend managed to get tickets to the Eras Tour. The funeral date is the funeral is the date of our show. We want to get to the stadium by five at least. So it'll take around 40 to 50 minutes to get there, possibly more depending on traffic. And of course, I also have to get ready before that and have a specific outfit slash costume oh I'm planning to wear. Oh my The funeral is in the afternoon and the timing is very close. I wouldn't be able to make it to the stadium in time. I told my sister, I'm sorry, but I can't make it. Uh, she didn't God. take this well at, at all and completely went off on went off at me, calling me selfish and a bunch of other things. I get she's grieving, so she's probably saying this without thinking, but even our parents are calling me unsupportive and selfish for not coming. Am I the jerk? <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Some people, man. <laughs> Some people's kids, man. Yeah, really. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Nothing But Nonsense podcast. My name is Matt. I'm hosting this week, and I'm joined by my two beloved co-hosts, Andrew and Dawson. How are you two gentlemen doing today? I was going to do something of Mario thing, but I, my brain was too slow. <laughs> I didn't want to be sitting here in silence. Because we did, because right Andrew's before we started. Here, like, it's a me. It's Andrew. a me, Mario. <laughs> No, I gotta do. I gotta do the Chris Pratt. Go, it's a me. And then was like, oh my gosh, he's gonna do that voice for the movie. Ah! And it's like, of course he's not doing that voice for the movie. Dude, I don't care. I'm still excited. That movie's that was gonna so be, stupid. That movie's gonna be everyone incredible. Was, everyone's like, what? It's like Chris. First of all, Chris Pratt has done voice stuff before. He was. He was, did the Lego movie. He did mm-hmm. a Disney movie. And it's like he's done voice work before, so it's not like. And then it's like, well, why don't we just have the regular guy do it? It's like the guy who does like three words in one game, <laughs> half of which are "It's a me, a Mario." Literally, I've stood and by then, the belief that if that guy, if Mario sounded like he did in the video games, the movie would be insufferable to sit through. Yeah, just walking around with some terrible, stereotypical Italian accent. Oh, it's a me, a Mario. Oh, I got to go save the princess. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it works in small spurts in the video games and is amazing and i love it for everything it is but for a full feature length movie no doesn't it it wouldn't work as well so i'm fine with nine, it. Yeah. i'm fine with it being yeah. closer to a brooklyn accent or whatever chris pratt's trying to go for it's fine his accent so is, he doesn't even have an accent mario <laughs> it's yeah, me, mario it's mario me, it's a me mario mario <laughs> 
Ah, Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. I still think the best casting is Charlie Day as Luigi. He's going to be incredible. Oh, yeah, Charlie Day as Luigi and uh, uh, Jack Black as uh, Bowser. Yeah, those, 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 those two are going to be so good. Why doesn't Luigi best. get to say, it's a me, Luigi? It's just... it, does, it does rhyme. That's a good question. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not <laughs> his catchphrase. Instead, <laughs> Luigi's catchphrase is just, ah! I like when games are created. It's always a player like, two, and they're always dying. True. I like that in the Super Mario Galaxy game, you can play as Luigi, and they programmed into his character that he, like, slips every time he tries to stop. So, like, yeah. if you're using He's Luigi like, and you're walking functional. and you're, like, running near an edge, it, it, be very careful because you'll go sliding right off. I always <laughs> liked Luigi more, if I'm honest. I liked that he could, he was just lankier and could jump higher. Yeah. I fall into, I tend to fall oh, into the trope where I don't, I don't love the main character of stuff normally. I typically tend to fall for the side characters more so. I go against the grain. <laughs> I just I don't know That's in like, most I movies. Toad. <laughs> well, for example, my favorite Mario character has always been Hammer Bro, <laughs> who is only playable in like a very select handful of games. So I, I don't get to, to use him. I go to has always been Dry Bones. Dry Bones is a good one too. In terms of the mainstream characters, Yoshi's always been a favorite of mine. I'd probably say he's my favorite, but yeah, my my all time favorite's Hammer Bro. Who I only get to use in like the soccer games, the baseball games. What happens like, if they put the one Mario Party Smash Bros? What are you gonna do? Uh, I'll have to main him. I'll have to ditch Jigglypuff. <laughs> <laughs> My long time. Well, eh, I guess long time main because since I started playing Smash more regularly, he became my main. So I guess he's my long time main. Merge them both, Jiggly Bro. <laughs> Hammerpuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. just Jigglypuff with a hammer. <laughs> all right. Well, I didn't plan on opening talking about Mario, but that's <laughs> but that's always fun. And of all the of all the movies that are coming out this year, that's the one I'm most excited about, for sure. Did you know? Did you guys know that the new uh, Zelda game's coming out on the May twelfth? Really? I realized it was coming out that fast. I, still I know. The last one. I it's crazy because <laughs> remember for like the past couple years it's just been like oh we got an announcement and then we got like a little bit of a teaser and then we got another teaser and then it's like oh and it's coming out in a few week in a few months I'm like oh okay <laughs> interesting just... i dude i'm so behind on so many video games that's that what is I, very that's what nintendo though nintendo tends to not really say much about their games and then just release them Every thing year, is like they're... everyone tries to figure out what's going on with the Pokemon game, and then it's released, and they're like, "This is what you should know," and it's already released. So, I only played Pokemon for the first time like this cycle. The Pokemon, what, what were they called? Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, I played. So I got Pokemon Scarlet when I was sick, um, and I was off work for the last two days of a <clears> week. <throat> so I'm like, well, I've got a lot of time on my hands, so I'll just. I'll just download Pokemon Scarlet and try it out. Try out a Pokemon game for the first time ever. And I don't know why, mm -hmm. but when I was, I was I, having never played the games before, I assumed that the world took itself a lot more seriously than it did. Than it actually <laughs> does, I should say. It's all like, insanity. I was expecting like super like anime fights and stuff where it's like, well, why you always know, and then like throwing their Pokeballs all over the place and it's all like super intense. 
But, like, the first boss you fight is literally, like, a baker who just yep. battles Pokemon for fun. And she just has all the bug Pokemon because she thinks they're cute. And I'm like, this isn't what I was expecting at all. It is a children's game. I know. I guess I forgot yeah, about you're, that part. You're supposed to be, like, a 10 or 12-year-old that goes on this epic mission and, like, beats the best trainers in all of, like, the region. So... I mean, it's really cool. And also, like, I, Tame's a legendary. Right, yeah. That was one thing I was surprised by, is you get the legendary Pokemon, like, almost immediately. And I'm like, yeah. I feel like I was supposed to build up to this. Like, when you're carrying yeah. around one of the game, one of the, like, games in, like, the mid-2010s, where it's like, you're basically carrying around the god of all Pokemon <laughs> in your pocket. Yeah, no. Was, carrying uh, around Arceus. You capture yeah, Arceus. Arceus, <laughs> yeah. Or like Dialga and uh, what's the other yeah, one? Yeah, like the uh, Palkia. Time Palkia. And, it's like uh, the god of space, space and time. <laughs> you're literally carrying around the god of space and time They're in like, your back yes, pocket. Child. They're like, yes, child, I will go in your stupid little Pokeball. You're a literal 10-year-old carrying all the space and time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize either that like Pokemon, if they're high level, don't like trust you or don't listen to you. So I was trying to fight with them, and I'm like, why won't you do anything I'm telling you to do? This is so stupid. But then I, like, Googled it, and I realized that, like, you actually have to level up along with, like, your Pokemon. Yeah, otherwise, they'll stop certain, listening to you. You have to beat certain gyms and stuff in order to get them to you for certain levels. They have that alpha energy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's to prevent people from trading over, like, their level 70s, 80s, and, like, 90s from the previous games and then just using those to like speed rush the game i mean it makes sense because i've i got like a like really early in the game i got like a level 30 uh i don't remember some like fire fight type it was definitely a fire type but um but it was like a level 30 and i was like i had like barely started and like it wouldn't listen to anything i told it to do mm-hmm. which rightfully so because yeah. if it did i would have just ran through the first like five gyms no problem Exactly. It also, yeah, it keeps you from catching way overpowered Pokemon, like, in areas you might not, especially with the new ones that are kind of like free roam. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can catch more high, higher level Pokemon than, like, the gym near you. So, like, it kind of just keeps a balance to it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a game that subverted expectations. A, you played a fun one, because uh, it's the first, like, free open world one that has been, like, a mainstream one. Uh, mm-hmm. Legends of Arceus, uh, like, was it was okay, and it was like a throwback, like in the past one. So it wasn't like it wasn't it's a typical Pokemon game. So yeah, it was definitely fun. I thoroughly enjoyed the time I played it. I never I never finished it because I got better and started doing other things with my time. But it was a uh, it was a fun it was a fun game, and I did enjoy it when I was playing it. But yeah, not the world was not what I was expecting at all. Oh, yeah. I've never it's played just... a Pokemon game. It's you just haven't? insanity. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And now it's mostly because of, I don't know, spite. Andrew's fighting. No, it's the mostly just because I don't. It's like I don't really see the point. Like I don't really care about it. So it's like, yeah, it's like getting involved in something. It's <laughs> like and I don't really. <laughs> those aren't really like my type of games. Yeah, I like to play like you have to like spend a lot of time like leveling up stuff. There's only like a very few amounts of stuff like that. It does feel like, like, it's like when you have to level times. up is when you 
killing stuff. <laughs> yeah. I've been too busy battling the forces of hell and Doom Eternal. Oh <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been I've been I I I got it for Christmas a few years ago on on my PlayStation and it was just like it was like so different. Not different, like not super different, but like just like a very different turn than I was expecting from like the first game because I got the first game during the pandemic, the uh, one yeah. that came out in 2016. Mm-hmm. I got it during the pandemic and I just like played that while I was on Zoom calls with my class for my classes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just like playing that and it was super fun. But then the second one was like just so it was like just very different, like a different departure that they were going with. And I just like didn't really care for it, so I just stopped. And then most recently, I have a the Game Pass on Xbox, and so I get a lot of games for free. And so that was one of the games. I was like, all right, so I'll have a game that another game that I got for free on a different system. I'll play it on this one. <laughs> and so I just I downloaded, it and then I actually had a lot of. Uh, it's been a lot more fun. I just did that. It's exact still challenging. Same thing. It's, still it's still challenging, challenging, but it's still fun. What did you do? I did so I got Jedi Fallen Order like the year it came out for my Xbox One and for I don't even know what reasons but somehow one way or another I never played it I never even opened it so mm-hmm. it's still like in the cellophane packaging I think um and then on PlayStation it was like part I got it as like a PlayStation like plus oh, the um, free games yeah like the monthly free game one of them was Jedi Fallen Order and I'm like Surely I I don't just like get this game for free if I download it and yeah no that's exactly what happens because I'm pay, I pay for PlayStation Plus so I now have it on my PlayStation Five and I've been playing it on there and it has been an absolute blast I I've missed like grinding a single player like story driven game because I oh, just yeah. like I've played so few of those in recent years and I I genuinely have missed it because like that was all my childhood was was games like that. And now I've been, you know, doing doing more like Madden and uh, MLB The Show. Have spent uh, MLB The Show more more for single player. Obviously, Madden I play with Dawson and Eli, but it's been um, it's been fun actually playing just a standard single player story game. And the story in that game is really really good. I've thoroughly enjoyed it so far. Yeah, I I have to. It's taking every fiber of my being not to go back and play. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two because that was the last like physical disc game that I had. I would I played so it's still on my PlayStation. Mm. So I'll every now and then when I load my PlayStation, I'll just see it there. I'm like, maybe I should just because the show just re- the first season of the show just recently ended. Oh, so yeah. I wanted to go back and and the way the game works is like you can go through you play through the entire the entire uh, game and then you're like all leveled up on your stuff. But there's like a few different things you can you don't have but they have a super cool thing which is they have a new game plus where Mm. you can play you can replay with all your all the weapons you had before at the end like at the end of the game you have all the same weapons like you would have to go throughout the game and you get like different you acquire different weapons throughout the game and so but then you start the game at the very beginning you have all your weapons and all your upgrades so then you just gather up and you like basically get yourself to 100 percent upgraded because oh. you already had all your old stuff and so you're just building upon your previous game and so it's like i'm just trying not to do that because i know if i'll I'll do that and i'll just get sucked into it <laughs> and that's all i'll do yeah that's the wonders a good story can do for a game it keeps you coming back and having gone back and played it and like lo- loved it now 
Mm-hmm. Having like that flip, having it flip around where it was at first, I was like, I was a hater of the game, and now I love it. It's like <laughs> now I want to go back and experience as like somebody who actually really enjoys it. Yeah. So now it's like just it's taking a lot for me to stop from doing that. Yeah. Did you like the show? The show was very good. Okay, it did yeah. some thing. It changed some things from the game. Like, I remember, I, I uh, at the end of every HBO show, they do this thing where it's like an inside look inside the episodes with like the creators and stuff. Uh, and yeah. game in the last final seasons of Game of Thrones, the care the creators they did those these end of show things, and they said some really stupid stuff. It's <laughs> so now. I feel like personally responsible that I have to go through each one of these end of the show things. And it's also cool to hear them talk about like their thought process on making the, making the episode. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, I have to make sure that they don't say anything stupid. So it makes me feel like, cause like before, like they, the car- creators of the game of Thrones, they said stupid stuff. And then I defended them. But I was like, <laughs> Oh wait, they actually, cause I thought it was like a joke. And I was like, Oh wait, they actually said this stuff. So then I was like, felt, felt like an idiot, but now I have to watch it. And, but one of the um, the creators of the show, who also created the video game, he said we only made we only changed stuff from the game when it made, felt like the right choice or it felt like doing something different. Uh, it felt better than what we had in the game, and so they See, were I a like few that. changes that I didn't, I wasn't super on board with. But then there were, but for the most part, I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was a very strong, uh, uh, strong uh, adaptation. That's good because the the general trend is that when they make a show or a, or a movie that is revolves around a video game, it, it tends to not do well. Like, but the weird thing is, it seems like it's a problem like from the top and right from the start. Because like didn't because like the Halo show came out and from what I understand yeah. was awful. And like the creators of that show actually like were proud of the fact that they had never played the games or read any of the source yeah. material. It's, it's like, like we've never played the games, read any source material, and this is not going to be connected to the games or the game universe and or the games universe in any way, shape, or form. Why do you and expect they didn't, that to work? And everyone hated it. Yeah, go. And figure. sometimes it can be different. Like, oh, we're just trying to do our own thing and adaptation, but it also was just like a terrible story. <laughs> so it's like you can have a different story, but make sure it's a good story. Yeah. Like you don't have to go word for word, line for line, every single thing. Like there's some moments in The Last of Us where it's like. It's like, oh yeah, those are pulled directly from the game, but it's important lines and it's cool lines, and the way that it's delivered is great. But in the, sh- but you're gonna do a complete departure. It's like, well, make sure it's good. You can be different, but just make sure it's good. Right. Yeah. That's what I say. And you have shows like the The Witcher that was pretty good because Henry Cavill like loves the video yeah. game series, and then. I was he like fired or let go or whatever. He and left then, the show, and then they. I think and he, then left, the creators, he left. He left. You said. Yeah, I think. Well, he left. He left, but I think it more from what has more has come out after the fact. It seems like it was more of like a creative differences differences between each one. So he didn't like. He didn't like get fired. It was more he just left because. First of all, the, none of the writers had ever read any of the source material, even though they were trying to adapt it, and they were like trying to change it. And he had, and Henry Cavill, who was like a huge fan, he like he was like talking to them. He's like, yeah, there's like here's some stuff we could do, that's really is, that could be a good idea. That could be we could put in the show, and they're just like, okay. And then he would get the script, and they none of that would nothing would be changed. Weren't the creators quoted saying something like? 
Henry Cavill was too eager to play the character or something and like too excited about it or something. Yeah, something like that. What a stupid idea. What a quote. stupid perspective. Like Yeah, how, it's like why how dare the lead actor to, be invested yeah. at all? How dare somebody be excited to be part of your franchise? So <laughs> dumb. I don't get I don't get creators. I swear creators hate making things. Like it's the, yeah, it the problem is sense. like you have you have too many people who are afraid to do stuff differently and afraid to go against the grain of uh, the corporate overlords who, <laughs> and it's like it for in like, there's a part of it that you can't really blame them. Cause it's like, if you don't go with them, then they're going to fire you and find somebody who will. Mm-hmm. And so then you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, if I take the hits now and I just try it and I just keep my head down, I'll eventually be able to squeeze out something that's original and cool. And with my ideas, I just have to earn enough good faith. But then on the other hand, it's like, well, that's like one of the conflicts I have with the industry and like the, the ideas of like what I want to do. And like, that's like one of the the issues that I'm facing, like personally is like having to, it's like, yeah, it's like go through, take your licks and then work your way up. But then it's like, well, do I really want to do that? Like, right. That's the problem of like going into this industry of like, take your licks and work your way up. And then it's like, well, I don't really want to do that. If there's like, if I have to like, just like heal to this, uh, system, that's just like everyone like actively hates it. Like even the people who are like in it and, and are like high in it, they hate it too. Oh, I bet. Like, it's just, it's just like a very poor system that everyone's afraid to, to do differently. And so it's like, do I want to just like, just become another cog in that system where I just have to make the make the decisions that the money man says, or do I want to like try and take a risk and do my own thing that may not succeed, but at least I'm not becoming creatively bankrupt. So very interesting dilemma because like a lot of the merits the, like because so, there are all the stories of like like you know the Rocky franchise when when um uh oh my gosh what the crap's his name the main Michael dude B. Jordan. No, the main guy. Or Sylvester Stallone. Thank you. Sylvester Stallone. How on earth did I forget his name? Like, was, like <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's main idea was he Alan wanted Rocky. Stallion. He wanted Rocky to lose the fight at the end. Everyone told him he was nuts. And he was like, no, this is how I want this movie to end. And I haven't seen it, but from what I understand, the movie's better for it. Yeah. It's yeah, like it's... Rocky loses. Like, Rocky's a first time. It's his first time. The story makes sense because it's Rocky's first time doing a major league boxing event. Mm-hmm. But... And and he's losing to like the heavyweight champion of the world, so it makes sense. But then it's like also Rocky's like the people's champion, right? He's like one of he's like one of the guys who are like the people's champion. And then he just has then you just have Rocky too, where it's the same movie but he wins. Yeah. Yeah. So there you he go. Finally, <laughs> he finally got good. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So and even it's yeah. Imagine so if in Rocky like, two he just lost the fight again. Loses again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's part of it sometimes yeah. you got to take risks in the movie in the movie industry sometimes and sometimes it'll work and sometimes and really really land and you end up with a classic and sometimes it'll just fall on its face yeah. and that's just part of it i guess yeah if you look take a look at um the most recent oscars the movie that i have yet to see but i've heard only um, only great things about uh everywhere at anything everywhere all at once i think it's <laughs> Fully blinking on the name. I think the, I, think, like I think you got it. Yeah. Here, let's look. 
everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, it's this crazy, like multiversal kind of like indie film. Like it was put out by a big studio, but the people behind it are like uh, big indie guys, and it won. It like basically like swept at the Oscars, Yeesh. and it's supposed to be this really incredible, just like crazy, kooky, wacky film. Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah more of that stuff more of that independent stuff that's not just like like i love marvel movies and i love star wars stuff but it's like let's get new ideas new independent right. ideas that aren't just remakes of something else or just copycats of something uh copycats of what's already uh you know in theaters it's like let's do something cool do something unique Mm-hmm. And you've got both sides of the spectrum with uh, Star Wars. You've got the copycat and then the two extreme uh, something different. Yeah. yeah. Episodes 7 and 8. So. Yeah. 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 Everyone was like, oh, episode 7 is basically episode 4. But then episodes 8 and 9 came out and everyone's like, oh my gosh, these are awful. <laughs> and then episode came out and uh, episode 8 came out and Ryan Johnson was like, you want a different, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it went a little too far of it yes <laughs> yeah you know, it's that's the problem is like you you i always feel i i, I saw a a new like a still or like a, a cast photo of a new a new movie coming out by um by guy Ritchie, and he's this very like unique director who does a lot of like interesting stuff and his movies usually aren't, aren't like huge like box office winners but they usually like do cool stuff. They usually do cool stuff, and they're usually like fan favorites. And so I saw a still for his new movie. I'm like, oh, and I commented on it's like, it's like I'm already. I was like, I can already tell that I'm going to love this as well as other fans. But it's gonna, it's not gonna, it's gonna not do very well with at the box office or with critics. And so companies will see like, oh, this schlock will do great. But uh, people don't like it, but it makes a ton of money, so we'll make more of this. But then we'll see, like, oh, well, this isn't making any money, but it's unique, and only a uh, select majority of people like it. So we'll make a ton of this. You know? mm-hmm. I'm trying to look at what what are some movies that Guy Ritchie's done, because I don't know. Oh, he did Aladdin, the new Aladdin? Yeah, he did the new Aladdin. He did a movie a few years ago called The Gentleman with Matthew McConaughey. Which I really loved. I thought oh, it was great. Oh yeah, I remember that one. He did a he did a, a King Arthur movie a few years ago. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. He did a movie called The Man from Uncle. He did both of the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Sherlock Holmes films. Mm. Okay, so he's and done. He did a... Yeah, so you're kind of you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's movies that weren't like the most well received weren't sweeping the Oscars or anything, but yeah, seem to generally like they're be not well received a, movies. Yeah. They're well received by fr- fans, but then you have these, these stinging critics that just dumb critics. They no idea what they're talking about. Sometimes. Awesome. Like, what was the, what was the movie you were just telling me about? Like in real life about that? You saw that the, it was another perfect example of the, the critics hating it, but the fans generally liking it. Mm. It was one you like just saw, I think, if I remember correctly. Well, Shazam is that way. Um, Maybe that was it. Like the critics were like they gave it like fives and stuff, and then like the fans gave it like eighties and nineties. Wait, five percent? 
like uh five five, five out of ten. Oh, I was gonna I say oh my gosh yeah not that bad <laughs> gotcha uh i know with uh creed three critics gave it like sevens and low eights and then the fans were giving it like high 90s so mm-hmm. i don't i remember that was a discussion we had with quantum mania as well where the three of us all generally liked it and then the critics didn't and some fans are having that marvel fatigue really kick into full effect I need Shazam, to see. Shazam is currently sitting at fifty three percent with uh, with critics with at one hundred and eighty four reviews, and then fans at eighty eight percent with over a thousand reviews. Yeah, there you go. And I'm I'm with the fans. I personally thought it was hilarious, and it's like the hardest I've laughed in a theater in a long time. Uh, it can take away from it at times with movies like that, but I think the charismatic lead of Zachary Levi has uh, it, it made this movie better than probably other leads could have. So, hmm. I, 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 think, I, uh, I think he's a really funny guy, and everything he says is he gen- is great, genuinely I, funny. I do like Zachary Levi a lot in general. I like Zachary Levi, but I I did not like this movie very much. Interesting. It was it was fine. I gave it on my official. Uh, if you want to follow me at the. Uh, Notorious TJ Fridays on on Instagram. You can see my movie reviews that I started posting on my Instagram stories. So if you want to check those out, you can any any movie releases. You can check those out. Mm. Uh, shameless plug. Uh, I always look, I always look <laughs> yeah. forward to your reviews. I gave it a seven out of ten on my review, but I mostly did that compared to like some of the other stuff. That we've seen from the DCEU, like mm-hmm. the original Suicide Squad and uh, Black Adam. Black Adam. It's and, worlds uh, better than Black Adam. Oh, it's 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 way better than <laughs> Black Gosh, Adam. But is... yeah, and it's like I would never, I would like not say same... this movie. It's supposed... There's two, so yeah. I would not say this movie is without flaws. <clears throat> I would say I'd like Ant Man better than this. Even though that's even though we both all love Ant Man, I would say I I'd like, like Ant Man better than this. And I I would under if people were saying the same things about this that they were saying about Ant Man, like this, I would it would kind of make sense to me, what way mm. the way it doesn't make sense with Ant Man. But it's just like, yeah, I, I, I still gotta see whole, whole I still gotta <laughs> see all the I still gotta see all the movies that have come out in March because I just haven't yet. I was gonna see Creed three, but Lauren was in town and she hadn't seen any Ten of the out other ones. Recommend. Yeah, so we we went and saw the new Puss in Boots instead, which was that pretty is also a really cute. good one. It was pretty good. Yeah, I was I was mildly underwhelmed by it, it's but still I did in enjoy theaters? it. Yeah, it was yeah. Theaters. Oh dang! I didn't it, know it was still in theaters. There was literally like one screening, I think, <laughs> at the theater we went to. And I was gonna the, say if you got it on like streaming, that would make sense. But like seeing it seeing it theater though, wow! I don't know. I would have expected. Like, I actually got I actually got the bunch of the uh, I got a bunch of the I got the whole theater of people to laugh at something I said, which felt amazing. It made me feel like I was really somebody. We were, Vindication. It was one of the one of the previews before the movie. I can't remember what it was. It was some it was some movie, and just the whole premise of the movie, I was very confused by it. So I 
turned to I didn't even say it out loud in particular to like so everyone could hear me, but it was a very small theater, and I turned to Lauren and I just went, "What the crap was that?" And then I just heard a chorus of laughter from in front of us. And I'm like, oh, I didn't mean to say that that loud. <laughs> I've seen a few. I've seen a few TikToks recently where it's like somebody where we'll record them say selves saying their honest reaction to uh, a movie and be like, "Yeah, I'm not saying that," and <laughs> everyone will laugh. I should start doing that. We should all start doing that. Next time we go see a movie together, we all got to say our thoughts at the same time. Well, usually around the time that I go see movies, it'll only be like me and like maybe two or three other people. And I'll, <laughs> I feel like I'll say it and be like, yeah, I'm not seeing that. And then some of you from the back are like, hey, down in front, shut up. <laughs> Dude, honestly, yeah. That's going to be me when I go see. Because oh, yeah. at this point, I'm like, I'm going to have to go see these movies by myself at this point. Because Dawson's seen all of them, all of them with Claire, so I'm like, well, I just got to go now. So, I actually might go see oh, one tomorrow. Do it, bro. See, watching movies by yourself, it's awesome. It is fun. I love I've, watching I've done it by like myself. I've done it like once or twice back when I was in college, and I I did like it, even though one of them was Captain Marvel, which I didn't like, but the experience was fun. The only movie all by myself would be uh, the Hitman's Bodyguard. Oh and while yeah. I didn't and while I didn't care for that movie, like act like I went was like, I want to see this movie. I don't really want to like have to deal with like trying to text people and be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm busy. Or like, can we go see it this time? It's like, this is the time I want to go see it. I'm going to go see it. That is and the so glory of it. You get to just you get to just go when you want and no yeah. one can stop you. And then it was just like it just like it opens your eyes because there are people who be like, oh, I'm embarrassed or I feel so lonely. It's like, no, oh. it's you're so you're liberal deal with anybody else you know to do like oh you go you pull up the movie pit you pull up the movie website you're like oh it's showing at like i don't know 10 30 or 11 40 in the morning you're like yeah i don't want to i don't have to text anybody else i don't have to figure out their schedules i have i know when i want to see it so i'm gonna go see it now <laughs> it's so yeah. liberating and it's also really fun just to like go to a showing where you know no one else will be in the theater so you can just get the whole thing to yourself oh yeah so you going, can laugh as loud as you want you can heckle you can do whatever you want that's true yeah. I, I go I feel... normally like late on like a weekday and no one will be there if it's been out for like a week or two so yeah i i have a i have a privileged schedule where i don't have to i don't have to work certain days <laughs> so i um so i usually like if a movie comes out on like if it comes out like in the middle of the week, I'll usually go see it on a Friday, and I'll usually go see it like first thing in the morning. Like, I'll wake mm. up, maybe I'll have breakfast, but maybe not. I'll just take a shower, get dressed, and go. And then I have the rest of my day available, and I get and I just go see the movie. And there's usually nobody there. Nice. I think the most packed I've had was I went and saw uh, when I went and saw Shazam. I saw it on Sunday, and I saw it in the morning, and there was like maybe like. 10 other people there i was like wow this place is packed <laughs> <laughs> this place is hopping this place is bussing <laughs> place is go the, the theater is going off <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, uh, actually, I actually have been thinking about because there's so many movies this month i want to see there's the creed 3 i want to see 65 i want to see shazam it's like there's I'm just, just all these movies i want to go see one of the things, well, one of the things that killed sixty five for me was 
I went to go check on my theater. My theater has this incredible, which you guys can attest to, this incredible sound system called Dolby yes. Atmos, which is this yes. 3D sound system where um, where they have speakers all over the theater. They have th- speakers on the ceiling, on the walls, in the back of the theater, and it creates this incredible sound experience. And I went and checked on 65, and it, it came out the same week as Scream 6, and so it was like... Th- it was funny enough, this the for what you would expect, like sixty five, which is this movie that takes place in uh, with dinosaurs on like a prehistoric Earth. Right. It's like oh, impact movie where you got uh, dinosaurs and you got uh, <laughs> you got like asteroid stuff coming out of the sky. You got the guy firing a gun. Like you think that would skew well to the. Oh, the Dolby Atmos uh, system. No, none of the theater, none of the showing said Atmos had the Dolby, and they were all being used by Scream Six, which That's I can awesome. understand. That would be a Scream is more a big, a more. Uh, it's a part of a franchise, and so I would understand those going away. But it was like, yeah, I just, I'm, oh, hey, you on there? <laughs> Came right in the middle of my sentence, but um. Yeah, you'd think the yeah, sound design I, of the movie would be more fitting for that incredible sound setup they have in those yeah. theaters. But I'm also spoiled. Like, I've, I, I'm contemplating a, a possible move in the fu- in the future, like Ooh. later this year. And so it's like, it's like if I do that, it's like, well, this move could possibly take me away from these theaters. And it's like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to go. <laughs> Andrew moves to Texas. He's like, every time I see a movie, I have to drive all the way up to this theater. <laughs> this is my one theater I could come to. <laughs> it's like every, but I feel like every the every movie theater. Don't go to Ohio, you know. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, you couldn't catch me dead in Ohio. You know, the only time you could catch me in Ohio is if I was dead. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because I'd have no say in the matter. <laughs> Yeah, if, you, if you're ever GPS tracking me and you see my location in Ohio, then uh, you're at then Cedar that's Point fine. or he's dead. He's <laughs> dead at Cedar Point. <laughs> All possible. If I'm, not in San, if I'm not in Sandusky, then I'm in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's plenty but of for ditches 65, uh, in Ohio, you know. It's yeah. mostly ditches. I'd say like <laughs> 35. I'd say like 35% ditches. The rest is farmland that no one wants to drive through. Yep. And yeah. they've also got so, a football yeah, stadium for... that looks like a toilet bowl. <laughs> the toilet seat, as I like to call it. Yeah. yeah but for 65, yeah. I was just That's like, I didn't see any of the... Called the Browns, too, you know? <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I was just like, I'll just catch it on streaming when it eventually comes out on streaming. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a bad idea, for sure. Which movie for streaming again? 65. 65. 65. Yeah, I did watch it. Uh watched it with Claire. It was pretty good. It had its moments. Um it's gonna make a lot of money, I'll tell you that much, because uh it cost so the title is a higher number than the total budget. So <laughs> it cost less than sixty five dollars uh, to make. Sixty five million. Uh <laughs> is that that's technically its title is like sixty they shortened it, uh, but it's like sixty five million or whatever. And I think mm-hmm. it costs like forty-two million to make, and the the theater I went into, there was no extra seats. Like it was packed. Really. So and uh, people were pretty into it. Um, it was tense. It had its like kind of thriller moments. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the cast consists of I think four people. Oh wow! Hmm. Like it was like the smallest casting, like you know, like when the credits roll, you see like yeah, you know, Adam Driver played yada yada. Uh, there were only like four or five people. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I was like, wow, that is not common, especially nowadays in Hollywood. When you get all these massive casts of all these stars and stuff. Yeah, so if if Adam Driver elected to get like paid a percentage of the gross, then he's gonna make a lot of money. Yeah. So because, the uh, budget was ninety one so hmm. budget was ninety one million with the final co- but the final cost of the film was forty five million after tax rebates. Interesting. Okay, that makes so was it made? <laughs> oh, with it. Bo- but it doesn't look like it's made its money back because its box office sitting at thirty-eight point eight million. I mean, it's been out for a week. Yeah, it's been, it's been, been a week. Yeah. yeah, it came out last weekend, I think. Uh, uh yeah, yeah, last weekend, last Friday. Because mm-hmm. we had like, like the, the bunch it, of them in succession, out, right? It came out yeah. like the tenth, so it was. It's, that's pretty good for it too. So yeah, because we had Creed, we had Creed three, then sixty five, its... then Shazam, yeah, and then we got Dungeons and Dragons Dungeons too. And Dragons is coming. Dragons is Dungeons and Dragons is next week, but this week is uh, John Wick. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes. John Wick as well. March is a packed month. April is, is really just Mario. Month. Just Mario. Yeah. <laughs> People know better than to compete with Mario. <laughs> well, I I feel like they don't really make family films anymore. It's just kids movies or adult movies. So yeah. Really, like the closest you like have to Sonic. a family movie is like uh, Marvel movies these days. Pretty much, exactly. yeah. So movies like Sonic or Mario coming out, those are a big deal, and they'll make mm-hmm. a lot of money. Then the Sonic movies have been awesome. I enjoyed both of them a lot. I still need to watch those. They're good, dude. I'd 100 percent recommend. I know them. they're fun. I've Part heard, I've heard nothing but that they songs. might have released the bad Sonic as like a marketing scheme. That's one of my favorite That's theories out there. <laughs> That's what I think is I think because it's like I don't know more maybe I feel like or just to test with... the market because that's still <laughs> like technically marketing is if you because yeah, I feel like like you just you gauge public opinion and then you adapt so so because I feel like that because I feel like. Ugly Sonic, and then uh, what do you call it? Zack Snyder's Justice League oh, did yeah. like uh-huh. terrible things when it came to the internet. I think mostly Zack Snyder's Justice League did terrible things when it came to the internet being allowed yeah. to harass whoever they want for <laughs> yeah. however long they want, mm-hmm. and then eventually getting what they want. Like I think the I don't think the Sonic yeah, now, was so much more harassment. It was a more bad just precedent trolls. to set. Trolls yeah, it's like now a, have power. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the it wasn't so much the Sonic thing. The Sonic thing was just like, man, this thing's ugly. This movie's Snyder gonna suck for sure, though. And, but the Snyder yeah. cut definitely was like they were like harassing like executives and actors and so many stuff, just being like, release the Snyder cut, and then like sending like threats and stuff. And it's like, come on, guys, it's just a movie. <laughs> and so, and so, yeah. So, but at least it was like at least it didn't get like a whole theatrical release. It was only like a streaming thing, so it could be like said yeah, to be like it was lost just so much money on that though. Yeah, I think. Let's see. How much did uh, Justice League? 
the Sonic. Just, I go back just... and forth on whether the Sonic thing was intentional because obviously that design was awful, and you look at it and you're like, how can anyone think that was actually a good design to like start with? So from that aspect, it makes sense. But like, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to believe they'd be bullied into changing it completely. But I mean, it definitely got the publicity out there. <laughs> As if, like, the idea of a Sonic movie wasn't enough. Justice League was released in 2017. Lisa Snyder cut. Reactions. Revival 2019. Let's see. The Hollywood Reporter wrote that it was expected to cost between 20 and 30 million to complete the visual effects score and editing. However, Greenblatt indicated the release would be widely expensive and cost more than the reported $30 million to complete. On June 2020, Sandra D. Dewey, president of productions of business operations of Warner Media, stated in an interview that they're aiming for a mid, early to mid. Okay. Um, it's not talking about how much. Uh, the budget was estimated to have been increased to $70 million due to additional filming. Hmm. Um, and I can't imagine they saw an influx of HBO Max subscriptions. So. I can imagine they saw they like maybe saw for like a month and then quit. Yeah. yeah. So I I imagine that that lost money. Um, but they probably made it just to get people to shut up. So <laughs> now everyone's then you get the whole can uh release the George Lucas cut. <laughs> it was it was the whole uh, what do you call it um. Revive the Snyderverse or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, release, restore the Snyderverse. That was it, yeah. And then was. there's then there's been a lot of uh, advocating for release the Air Cut, which is uh, David Ayer, who directed uh, Suicide Squad, hmm. who claimed that he he had a version of the mo- of Suicide Squad, which he, he, he greenlit... But then the studio came in and hired an entire di- entirely different editing house to come in and redo the work, and he didn't really have any say on it. Hmm. That's unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> Warner it... Brothers is definitely a company that uh, need to fix their executive, uh, I guess, chain of command, because there's a lot of stuff that gets muddled. Same with Disney. Yeah. I feel like they've. I feel like they've got a good head on their shoulders now, but I guess we'll see what what things what have, the future may have gotten hold. better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's wait for them to actually put out a, a movie that they actually that they've made that they themselves made because we can talk <laughs> about like oh, you can talk about Shazam and then the Flash and then Aquaman, but I don't think we're gonna get a new a, a original DC original James Gunn Peter Safran DC project until sometime next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very everything interested else, to see yeah. how it goes. Yeah, because everything else is part of the old guard. We're gonna see, so. I guess, uh, how people react to like James Gunn, even more so. Uh, when I have high hopes. Guardians of the Galaxy he's... comes out, the third one. I have high hopes. People for... don't like that. They'll G3. they'll lose their minds about the DC stuff. So, mm-hmm. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a good movie. I have high hopes. And I also have high hopes for the DC stuff. Yeah, I'm very interested mm-hmm. to see how the DC stuff all goes over. Because I, like, I feel like with 
the DC stuff, they've they've officially changed from playing catch up to being like we're just gonna do our own thing and do and just and just go with the flow, man. They've, <laughs> they've took they've taken a, they've taken their chill pill and they've just they just sit back and they're just like we're gonna go with the flow, man. We're gonna do our own thing. We're not gonna play catch up. <laughs> trying to do like oh uh they're doing a uh, captain america versus uh versus captain america versus iron man we're gonna do a batman versus superman oh they're doing <laughs> avengers we're, we're we're doing uh we're doing just like oh they're doing a, a a team of like heroes that aren't really like there aren't like really heroes but they're also like have hearts of gold like guardians of the galaxy we're gonna do suicide squad it really was yeah. like, i think trying to catch up I think Panic. when when both of them end up failing, what's going to happen is they're both going to just kind of call it in and have one big cash grab at the end and have a big, giant Marvel versus DC. Ooh. I swear, if they wanted to make a billion, a billion trillion dollars, they would do it. Yeah, absolutely. They would just, they would just 100% commit and just Just commit do to it. it. Bring Robert Downey Jr. back. Bring Henry Cavill back. Like Bring all the people. Pay all him the a billion dollars back. each. Am as much as possible, and everyone would go and see it. Even if it's not good, everyone would go and see it, just for it the fighting be. of the superheroes in different universes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like don't even add a storyline. Just throw them in the same <laughs> universe. Just have it look like one of those like a title uh, card where it's slim. Just have it look like one of those Marvel versus Capcom like arcade, arcade machines. Exactly. Like one of the like that's yeah, it. That's DC the entire movie. Used, DC and Marvel used to do this stuff. They've got they've got stuff to work with. Like, they've got comics to pull from, so oh, yeah. they could they could logistically just do like it. a bunch uh, of it's just studios getting rights to you know work together and stuff and mm-hmm. but yeah like yeah. if they ever did that even if it's bad people would pay big money to they watch probably, it. it'd be the highest grossing movie of all time just because <laughs> just to see like and you know, like you said you don't even have to have a story you can just be like. You could just spend like, five hundred million on it and legitimately like make four times that easy. Yeah. It fades up from black and there's a title card that says Superman versus Captain America, and then cut to black and then another and then another title card that says Batman versus Iron Man and then another title card. Is everyone just... wants to see, like in high production yeah. quality, superheroes from the other universes face because we've seen them yeah. face in their own universes. You see that all the time. You never see them cross over on like the yeah. big screen, so it would be I mean, absolutely massive. <laughs> it'd be very, it'd be really stupid, but I mean, hey, like like you said, it, it would doesn't have to be good. It just it would make a crap ton of money. All it has to like do is be... exist. That's all it has yeah. to do. Yeah, I feel like that would be the main issue. Uh, that would just come down to is like who's going to make the most money on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Godzilla with... versus Kong came out in like at peak time where like no one was really going to theaters, and it still made like five hundred million. It was just mm-hmm. it was Godzilla versus Kong, <laughs> like something <laughs> yeah. is expected, something unexpected could make you know so much more. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like it's like, like uh, in the movie Civil War Roger. made like over a billion, and uh, Batman versus Superman made like nine hundred million, and like. All the versus stuff always makes money. People just want to see superheroes punch each other. Absolutely. I was gonna say, in in the Hugh Frayne Roger Rabbit movie, they use both. It was the first time, first time ever, and I think ever since that 
they've had uh, Warner Brothers, Looney Tunes, and Disney animated characters on screen together, where it was a scene where Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck... Donald Duck oh, and, is this uh, uh, Looney Tunes back Duck. in action? No, it was a Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed that. And part. they had... I forgot, because um, uh, back in action had some like crossover stuff, too. Did it? Not with Mickey Mouse, but like brought uh, in like cartoon characters and stuff into like the yeah. live action and but they had uh, like including a... like Scooby and Shaggy. Oh yeah, well those are also like just Warner Brothers characters. They like, they are owned like... by the same people. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, with um, they had two scenes where it was like Daffy Duck and Donald Duck were like playing the competitively playing the piano, while also <laughs> like hitting each other with stuff. And then there was a scene where they were they were skydiving, and then uh, Mickey Mouse and uh, Bugs Bunny showed up to showed up at the same time, and hmm. the only way it got it was got greenlit by both companies. It was both all the characters had to share equal screen time, and then both companies get equal profits. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so it was like it was yeah. like nobody could one up the other one. Isn't that like don't they do that in like the Fast and Furious movies as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can so only fast get punched a certain amount they, of times. Yeah, <laughs> if you you the way it punch works is count. you get punched. It's a punch count. Everyone gets their equal amount of punches. Oh my and gosh! Also, no, nobody can lose the fight. So it's like if you get like you have to like, yeah. Here, let's see if I can look it up. Um, fast and the Furious has just turned into like big hulking men throwing punches at each other and then driving cars off of cliffs and surviving. <laughs> And yet, and they still bring in so much money. <laughs> yes, people just like to see like action and craziness, and that is what those bring. in like high quality, I guess, because they put a lot of budget uh, into it. Obviously, yeah, and they I try mean, and make it look good in terms of the special effects. Yeah, they look incredible, and like the in general, the action is so over the top and absolute lunacy, and like but that's the people thing. just eat it up. <clears throat> that's the thing is like. I feel like it's underrated in a lot of movies nowadays. Uh, oh, for, yeah. Like, hero or the protagonist to just, like, at the end of the movie. Like, it, it's always, they, they got to struggle, they got to fall behind, and then they got to come back. Mm -hmm. uh, and, like, win from behind. Or, like, got to be knocked down and then, like, pull themselves back up and stuff. Sometimes I think it's just fun to see a hero in their prime just not even be, like... Like, even bothered by the antagonist and just like completely obliterate them yeah like it like i want to see a superman movie where he doesn't even struggle to like beat the big bad at the end uh the only reason like that the length uh of the fight scene might last longer is because like there's more uh in number i guess or like yeah or maybe the big bad is a little bit more durable, but I want to see like Superman just like not hold back, you know, and like the writers not hold back, like just mm -hmm. just let them let the characters unleash, like I let saw... us see just a spectacle of awesome, like crazy things visualized on screen that mm -hmm. we wouldn't get to see in real life. Like that's what superheroes are for, is to yeah. for us to kind of like daydream and uh, you know imagine ourselves in like the shoes or the costumes of the heroes that we watch and mm -hmm. sometimes it's just fun to watch them win and not be like oh they're gonna lose like uh, yeah right. they want stakes do it earlier in the movie but like make uh, make one of the battles and creed 3 does this like 
Yeah. Uh, like the first fight he has in the movie, uh, like the very, like the second scene in the movie is him fighting in a ring, and it's like, you know, he's like <clears throat> at his prime. He's like a veteran, and uh, he's he's doing like some advanced things where it's like yeah you know he's gonna win and it was mm-hmm. cool to watch um yeah. it, I saw it was a... fun to see like the heroes just thrive rather than struggle at times yeah i saw a movie in college and it was like it was it was called uh eat mon and it's like a it's like a kung oh, fu type kung of fu. movie yeah and the and in that movie it's a great movie by the way it's starring the guy who says i'm the force the force is with me in rogue one he's oh, the yeah. lead. he's the lead and he's does an incredible yeah. job thank you i didn't know his name yeah he's but like he... an actual martial artist yeah and in that oh, yeah. movie the whole premise of his character is that like he's basically untouchable and he and, and all he does is kung fu he's just a master of what he does and it's not until like literally the last fight scene against like the guy who's kind of the big bad that he even like gets hit like he doesn't absorb a single hit over the course of the movie from anybody. He takes on like ten dudes at yeah. once at one point and just and they're all down. And it's like it's incredible. And even though like you're watching yeah. it like, oh my gosh, they can't touch him, it's not like boring. It's still very interesting That's to watch thing. him just let loose on everyone. If it's good choreography and a character that you really care about, then like you're gonna be emotionally invested. It was a great and movie. you're rooting for them. So like watching them have success is fun to watch. Yeah. Making them struggle normally comes, I guess, at the end of the movie. So I'm okay with that. Like, but like mm-hmm. give them a fight like in the middle or the beginning of the movie where like they're just they're having a good time and they're yeah. not even like breaking a sweat and they're obliterating the other person or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that movie the movie I, was in uh Cantonese as well, which added to the effect because it was very much like a mm-hmm. movie made overseas that we just watched like subtitled in English. And just the whole yeah. fr- the whole the whole effect of the movie and just watching everything play out where this dude just doesn't get touched was fascinating and a really, really fun yeah. watch. I think that's part of the charm of like martial arts movies too. Is yeah. uh like they they love the choreography. Like Jackie Chan movies, like they go all out, you know, like there's so much heart and effort put into them and like you see the character just thrive and like do stuff that you like that you can't even imagine as possible but like they're regular people doing them Uh, right but like you see them just completely destroy other like their opponents and it's it's fun to watch um there's a time and a place for like guys losing like rocky and -hmm. there's a time and a place for like the struggle uh and like the overcoming type of arc but there's also a time and a place for like guys to just or guys or girls, uh, and as the main character of the movie, to like just completely destroy their opponent and just have a fun scene with it. So, yeah, you can make it interesting. And oh yeah, absolutely. Do it more often. <laughs> According to producers and crew members on the film, Mr. Statham, fifty-one years old, negotiated an agreement with the studio that limits how badly he can be be- beaten up on screen. <laughs> Mr. Diesel, 52, has his younger sister, a producer in the film, police the number of punches he takes. Oh, my god. And Mr. Gosh. Johnson, 47, enlists producers, editors, and fight coordinators to help make sure he always gives as good as he gets. That's crazy. Like, if you watch some of the fight scenes, it's insane. Like, there'll be moments, like, none of them, like, one, like, uh, the I think it's Fast Five, where uh, Vin Diesel and... Uh, the rocks characters are fighting and like 
uh, Rock, the Rock will push Vin Diesel through a wall, and then Vin Diesel will get up and send the Rock through a wall. The Vin Diesel will <laughs> like hit him, get like a pipe and hit, uh, or the Rock will get a pipe and hit Vin Diesel, and then Vin Diesel will get like a wrench and hit hits the Rock, and then it's like the fight ends where he's like on the ground, and so he and then he gets he gets he gets uh captured or taken by by uh, the rocks character but then when they fight the next time the rocks the ro- the fight ends with the rock on the ground huh so that the it's, it's almost like so that's how they balance comedy it. honestly yeah <laughs> and i think it's in like i think it's fast six or fast seven or whatever it is or the characters are two characters are fight vin diesel and another in the bad guy are fighting on top of a uh a parking structure and they're like hitting each other and like throwing each other into the ground but then the fight ends with the with like a, the ground shaking and then the the parking structure like tears apart and so they don't there's not officially an end there's like not there's not officially an end to the fight so that um so nobody like officially lost and nobody officially won since the since it was natural causes that broke up the fight it's the same thing in fast eight where uh Jason Statham and the Rock fight, and they're in—they're both in prison, and they break—they're like break out of their cells to fight each other, and so Jason Statham is fighting, and they like—they're about to they like fight each other off of a catwalk, and they're like roll around onto the ground, and they get up, and they both have their dukes up, and they're both about ready to hit each other, but then the guards come in and like point their guns at them and stop the fight. <laughs> so nobody. Nobody technically lost. Imagine being a director and having to figure out all of the ins and outs of these stupid agreements they all came to. It'd be a nightmare. The director who's directed most of these films, he quit for the most recent one. <laughs> and, <laughs> and nobody, he didn't really give like a good reason why, but everyone was like, yeah, it was Vin Diesel. It was definitely Vin Diesel. <laughs> it was absolutely, without a doubt, Vin Diesel. Yeah, yeah it it's, it's his ego project at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. It's just, it's just yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. I would agree. All right. Well, I did bring Great. a collection of uh, stories to share with you guys as well. Um, none of that conversation was on my topic list for the day. I gotta be honest. So. I was gonna say, what was uh, what was the first segment called? No, I it just started with Andrew say like joking about how he's me, too, Mario. he was too slow to come up with a Mario thing, and it just spun into all that, which was awesome. That was over an hour of just random conversation, and it was amazing. I thoroughly enjoyed nonsense that. at its finest. I don't even care that two of the I don't even care that like two of the things I have written down. I'm never gonna get to. <laughs> Save them for the next time. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I just kept waiting for you to like, be like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna... all right." So now we're gonna do it. And you just never do. It's like, okay, I guess we're just yeah, doing was, this. Yeah, I was letting it ride. I was having fun. <laughs> it's like I gotta keep coming up with stuff so we don't just stop. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. For when we do. And Andrew's still talking tomorrow. He's <laughs> <laughs> he keeps going like he's like so when Vin Diesel jump was in, in this project. <laughs> He's like, surely Matt will jump in eventually, or Matthew will jump in eventually. Surely, yeah. it'll happen. <laughs> I uh, three hours from now, we're talking about Vin Diesel's The Pacifier. Oh gosh, <laughs> I, for- I forgot he was the one in that movie. <laughs> I actually like that movie. Not gonna lie, was it good? Yeah, but back when he was normal. Yeah, <laughs> before it's he like, became what yeah. he is now. 
It's like watching uh, like the game plan or something where the rock is like a normal person. And you're like, whoa, this yeah. guy has hair. He looks like a, a real. He's got like a real type of body that you would see on like, like a celebrity body. You know? A human <laughs> body, you mean? Yeah. A cele- <laughs> no, a celebrity body. Because like even even some athletes or like people who do sports uh, like recreationally or uh, some people in the military don't even have like the bodies celebrities have because they don't per- have personal trainers like and work out all the time so they work out like a normal person yeah <laughs> like because you know you've got athletes that are they they've still got fat on them but then like the some celebrities like they just have like peak phys- physical uh bodies because that's what their job is for like they're supposed to look as best as they can on camera and mm-hmm. uh rock and vin diesel just took that like three steps too far uh <laughs> so <laughs> Like they they went from celebrity body like oh they kind of look normal but also yeah there's something different and kind of like just extra about them to is that a human being? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look at the rock through, and it's like, well, that's on. Do that's they fit never through happen. doorways? <laughs> yeah, it's like can they the rock drive can never, sports cars? <laughs> the rock can never How be does like Vin a Diesel normal drive part? these cars. You can never have like a normal job in a movie because they'll be like. Be like, I think there was a movie called like The Tower a few years ago where he was playing like yeah. an architect. Oh but yeah, it's like, no, yeah, you can't be that because the Rock you have, has like order... an amputated leg, and it's like yeah, it's like how are you holding all that weight up? With an <laughs> you amputated can, leg, you can only you, look like that if you dude. work out thirteen hours a day, and you can't have a normal job and also work out thirteen hours a day. <laughs> yeah, the math ain't mathin'. Yeah, exactly. Like. The Rock has shared like his his workout routine, and it's like the dude just works out all the time. That's nuts. And he there's... he has a travel gym, a gym palace. that comes with him. He like, has a gym that he brings with him everywhere. Yeah, he like sets Iron it up paradise. every location he's at. That is hilarious. Oh my gosh, the Iron Paradise. That's yeah. nuts. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure like they've set it up in tents and stuff, and like. They have like a system where like they can set it up like pretty quick, and then he'll he'll wake up at like four in the morning, work out for two hours, eat something like go to sleep, and then like wake up again, work out for like another two hours, and then like, I think he works out like four to eight hours a day, or something. <laughs> Let's see, traveling gym. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh yeah, there it is. That's nuts. It's yeah, it's literally like a. Like a structured like tent type thing, with just a bunch of machines. That's hilarious. Yeah, forty oh thousand pounds of workout equipment. My gosh, there's just pictures of the Rock working out. What in the crap? How is this dude real? Yeah, tell me you're a celebrity without telling me you're a celebrity. That dude is. I believe for shredded. seconds that he doesn't do anything. There's a very good chance he does. A lot of well, those he's guys. Definitely, he's definitely done steroids. Yeah, he may not. I don't know steroids, but I like, say he may not be like actively doing them per se. But he, I'm sure he has. Like to get point. as big as he did, as like I feel like it was a pretty rapid change from like like decently sized rock to like massive rock. Yeah, from rock to boulder. Yeah, <laughs> rock to boulder. <laughs> 
From Most... rock to smolder to boulder. <laughs> he does have a good smolder. Might as well get to one of Matthew's topics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of guys who are crazy, um, I have an update. You guys remember uh, the Daryl Brooks story that I talked about a good few episodes ago? Oh, yeah, the ago. guy. The, the guy, guy who... who... The guy who uh who ran his van through a parade and uh oh, yeah, tried yeah, yeah. to intimidate the judge in Psycho. court and tried to and took his shirt off in court and built a box fort so people couldn't see him. Did he threaten to kill somebody while on the stand? I don't think so that I remember, but he did like stare down the judge at one point and she had to like stop proceeding because she felt threatened, rightfully so. So um I think one of my, I don't know if I mentioned it, one of my favorite parts about the trial that came up was that he, um, he like was an, I don't know if he was an aspiring rapper, but he had like a rap music video that he made and, um, they actually showed it in court because he was posing in front of the van that he used to drive through the parade, (laughs) like in the video. Oh my gosh. Now the video was, was recorded before he did that but like just the fact that they actually played this awful rap video in court was just so funny to me um but i i looked it up because i was curious i remembered seeing that he was found guilty but i wasn't sure like what oh, the yeah. extent of What's it was his sentence he was gu- found guilty of all six counts of first degree murder so he got six life sentences plus an additional 700 years in prison so love it <laughs> he, find it he's gone I find it kind of funny <laughs> just find it kind of funny when like sentences are just like absurd numbers like, yeah you are sentenced to 471 years in prison and it's like it's gonna be dead i'm pretty I feel sure like, i'm pretty I feel sure like... you could have gone with like 150 just to be on the safe side yeah like, no i am far a... i am far from a lawyer in fact i'm kind of a complete moron when it comes to talking about law i don't know anything but I would guess I it's so the like opposite of a lawyer. Yeah, pretty much. Because they can probably get like their sentence like cut in half. Exactly. Whatever, yeah, like, I think it's to behavior. avoid like another judge like reducing his sentence because it's like, well, how am I going to reduce six life sentences and seven hundred years to something where? Well, I guess I could reduce it to four life sentences plus five hundred years. Like, <laughs> it's, re- a, it's, it just, it's just trivial. Yeah, it's just trivial at that point. But like I think we yeah, I remember. think we mentioned on that episode that Wisconsin doesn't have the death penalty, so they basically gave him the equivalent. Yeah, I remember seeing a prison. comedian who was talking about a guy with life with two life sentences. He's like, "This guy's so bad. When he dies and gets reincarnated, they're gonna throw that guy in jail." <laughs> <laughs> this guy's so bad that he's got six whole <laughs> times. Yeah, so oh, it's those... a li- it's basically a life sentence for each person that he killed, and then. I don't know where they got the 700 years from, but just tacked on top for fun, I guess. It's just, really yeah, just extra I guess like seven. So like well, how many years sentences, total? I guess it's, it's like, like 100 what's years. What's a life if, sentence? Yeah, like 100 years I feel like a life each. sentence is like 100, I, I guess, I think. So like 1,300 years? Well, wasn't there a guy, that, wasn't there a guy oh. that had a life sentence and then he like was pronounced dead but then like was resuscitated and he like claimed that he served a life sentence because he technically died god yeah I, I don't think he actually got through it yeah that would have been i mean I think he, he just he, he's got a great well, yeah, argument if that was though. the case <laughs> if that was the case guys would just be stopping their hearts like six times over the course of a year <laughs> i think he had a heart attack and he technically died for like yeah a minute or like two minutes and then it was resuscitated, and he made an appeal. He's like, "Well, technically, 
that means I'm dead. I died, so I technically served my sentence. And they're like, no, that doesn't actually count. That's not what that's that not means. how that works. <laughs> that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think it's safe to say uh, justice was served in um, in uh, Waukesha or whatever city that was. Um, some and dude. This, man, this this man's about to get out of uh, prison in like three thousand uh, five hundred and. Or like, <laughs> Uh, three thousand three hundred and twenty-three. <laughs> yep, he's uh he's away for a long time. There was actually while they were reading off his um the fact that he was guilty, some some dude some dude that was in there just to hear the verdict like yelled something at him like I like die or something like that, and he had to be escorted out. But I guarantee you that guy was like worth it. <laughs> yeah, so, I yeah. mean. That guy's truly insane. Oh yeah, he's a he's a monster. Ended up happening to a better person. Yeah, the right thing happened to that man for sure. Justice um, was served, indeed. Um. So next we've got so someone on Twitter, um, a swing coach. Are you? Do you guys know the name Mike Trout at all? Yes. Okay. He yeah, for those fishing coach. <laughs> for those who may not know, Mike Trout is a baseball player. He plays for the Angels, and he's the best player in baseball and maybe the best player of all time, although his teammate Shohei Otani is also making a great um, – putting in a great bid for that title in his own right because he pitches and hits extremely well, which is unheard of. But Mike Trout's maybe the best player that baseball has ever seen. So his, his like, swing coach – put on twitter just as a joke had a video of mike trout like taking batting practice in a cage and he said the caption is my friend's son needs help any tips slash suggestions and then someone else responded <laughs> like like when someone else went along with the joke saying things like uh too stiff too much uppercut he'll never make it swinging like that uh set he's set up for failure good luck to the kid um, just as a complete <laughs> joke. I don't know who that guy is. He may be another baseball player or another guy involved <laughs> on the coaching staff. But then a genius know-it-all travel baseball coach chimes in saying, quote, pitching machine swing works great when you're eight, not so much against any velocity. Work with him on keeping his hands inside the line, keeping shoulders level. Balance is key. Someone then responds to him, are you for real? <laughs> And he goes, I am. That swing only gives you one point of contact. Whatever. this, And then goes into a bunch of baseball nonsense. And then the guy who originally responded goes, you realize that's Mike Trout, right? And the guy goes, I did, I did not. Oh, man. So this travel ball coach who deals with, like, rich 10-year-olds ten who come from rich families that can afford to pay for travel ball is chiming in trying to critique the greatest baseball player of all time on his swing. <laughs> That's baseball for you. Yeah, those travel coaches are uh, can be kind of nuts. There's good ones and bad ones obviously, but they're the bad ones are bad. Now I don't think this dude they this guy's like a this guy's not a bad person, I don't think, but he clearly is a little bit yeah. of a know-it-all. <laughs> Are they worse than the parents that try and coach from the sidelines at Little nope. League? Those are always worse. Those are always worse. Any anyone who argues with talk a, about like one ref, of the most toxic, yeah, toxic types of fan bases. Anyone who like argues sports. with umpires or refs in children's sports, I have no help for you. I have nothing to say to you. You're you're a bad person. 
don't do that. Especially don't ridicule the umps. There's so many videos of umps walking off st- walking off fields because they're just done. They're like, yeah. all right, you know what? You I'm know, done. I'm not umping this game anymore. You guys can do whatever. And just leaves. A lot and of umps they have volunteer. Right to do it. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. They volunteer. They do not get paid. very. They get paid maybe 50 bucks a game or something like that. Like, they don't get paid yeah. anything. They're just paid to, you know, do it. I could go do it if I wanted to. Now, would I be good at it? Probably not. But, I mean, I could. Like, it's one of those, and yeah, being, being says, an ump uh, is hard as crap, too. Like, uh, you have to make a lot of judgment calls. It says, a little league game, umps get paid between 25 and $50 per game. Yeah, that's nothing. Really? Like, they're, they're doing it basically yeah. for free. I'm getting a new job. And then, <laughs> then high school starts at 50 Um College is about 100 Yeah. Still, like, 100 for a game is really not that No, the No, col- the college umps usually do a lot of games. And I think even mm-hmm. at little league levels, you can get on a schedule to do a lot of games. Like when I played little league, I would I remember like there are certain umpires that I'd see a lot, and I could only imagine that they'd be like doing a couple game, like multiple games a week. So they probably bring in like pretty decent paychecks when all said and done. But one single game, like they do, they, like if they lose their paycheck for walking off the field because parents are ridiculing them and being cruel to them, then like. He's not, that's that's not a lot of money to like feel bad about walking away from. It's like, all right, I just if won't get twenty five. It's a two and a half hour game. If yeah, it's exactly. A two and a half hour game. Like the uh, fifteen and sixteen year olds at McDonald's are making more than them. Exactly. <laughs> no, y'all don't get. Those, it. I'm those people to fight are a probably five year old father of two. <laughs> yeah, those, those people are probably getting yelled ba- yelled at by the same people taking their kids home from the baseball games. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the there was there were so many parents even when I played, and I didn't play travel ball. I played like rec league ball, you know, like not any high level. At all. And there were still parents that would yell at the umps about stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. even as like a literal third grader, I'm like, that doesn't seem like something you should be doing. <laughs> like, it doesn't I, I, seem right yeah. to my adolescent brain. I played in a kickball league, and people were like about to fight, <laughs> like yeah. throw hands. Gosh. And I was like, "Oh wow!" <laughs> like, I, like people would like trash talk and stuff, and I'm like, "It's uh, it's kickball. <laughs> it's kick. It's rec league kickball. It like, is a you child doing? sport, <laughs> yeah. especially kickball. How on earth do you take kickball that seriously? He didn't kick the ball. <laughs> yeah, some people are just uber competitive and like, yeah, yeah. It's I, I've I, like when we did a volleyball league, you and I." Matt, mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like people would like argue over rules and like fight, and it's like it it cost me like ten bucks to enter this league. Exactly. I don't care. There was the like, there was the one guy. Andrew doesn't know this. You know this, of course. There was one guy, Andrew, that <laughs> actually submitted an official email complaint to like the park that runs yeah. this league because we questioned a call that he tried to make during a game. And claimed and they that we were won all three rounds. They claimed we were argumentative and like stalling the game and crap. And I, I read this, I read this email. I'm just laughing to myself. I'm like, what the crap is this? Congrats make... on being a huge loser. Yeah, I never saw the email. I'm curious what it said now. I don't. I don't have. I think I knew Lauren there was it. one. I think Jenna. Jenna got it. I have nothing. I have nothing better to do with my life thing to complain about this stuff so yeah i'm trying to fulfill my life's purpose (laughs) 
Yeah, that was that was absolutely hilarious. I'm like, someone actually wrote an official complaint about us in a ten dollar rec league at a local park. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> um, like, sorry, sorry, we're getting in the way of uh, your like free T-shirt. Like, I think one, I think one of the, I think one of his complaints. It was literally a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of his complaints was literally that we didn't know the rules, but he didn't know the rules either because otherwise there wouldn't have been like a conversation wouldn't, to have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'd have just been rules, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it made no sense. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> yeah, we didn't like that. Check yourself very much. before you recreational sports yourself. <laughs> um. So at uh, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. There was a Louisville basketball game. Louisville is a college in Kentucky, of course. They had a good basketball program. They even won a national championship in 2013 against Michigan. Um, then it turns out they were cheating the whole time. So that's awesome. And <laughs> oh, since man. since they were caught cheating, their program has gone down the drain. They've been awful. So they had at the so a lot of halftime shows for you know sporting events. They'll do fun stuff. So. They had, like, a dude that did, like, those thing where he throws little plates and stuff, and his dog, like, jumps around him and catches it and stuff. You know those acts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there was one of those. Uh, the dog took a dump on the court <laughs> during the performance. <laughs> and uh, nice. Louisville, Louisville fans on Twitter said it was a perfect metaphor for their season. <laughs> Was it like right on the logo? I I don't know. It was close to the logo, I think, because that's about where it was running around. But yeah, it was it was really funny. (laughs) Right after right after Louisville, like the the wording on the court just adds a period. Yeah, he's like, I needed to fix this grammatically. (laughs) They were actually one of the worst teams, like among like big quote unquote like big name schools. They were one of the worst teams in college basketball this year. They were they were winless for a really long time. Um, let's see a, f- a weird sport that to get a story out of, but NASCAR, um, there's a driver named Josh Williams <laughs> and I guess there was a, I don't know, I don't know crap about NASCAR, but I guess there was a call made by the officials that this man disagreed with. So in he order turned to right, should have turned left. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so in order to protest the call, he parked his car on the finish line, climbed out of the car, and walked off, waving at like the officials up in like their like little suite or booth or wherever they're sitting, just waving the whole time, walking back over to like the I don't know, the pit lane or something. Did he get but, hit by a car? No, the I fortunately, fortunately, yeah, no, he I don't know what this whole situation was in terms of where all the other cars were, but um, that I guess, sounds like a risky move. Yeah, he. I mean, I'm going to assume that he took all the precautions before getting out of his car because that's a really terrible idea. But two hundred so mile car hitting you would, yeah, that, yeah, that's a no exactly. Point. So basically, he blocked the finish line with his car as much as he could. Got out, walked off, waving at the officials the whole time. But I guess there's some rule in NASCAR that they're only allowed to tow away wrecked cars. So because his car <laughs> wasn't wrecked. They couldn't. They had to leave it there <laughs> until another driver could climb into the car and claim that it was wrecked or claimed it needed to be salvaged or something like that. So they actually had to walk another driver out to the car to get in and say, "Yep, this car's wrecked," so they could then tow it out of the way. And what you do is you have the losing driver, whoever's losing the most, 
he yeah he just rams the car and that way and then you like then you just like secretly pay him like a bonus or something yeah just for like first of all it takes out it takes we'll, out the we'll give you the half of the first place prize money if you hit this car yeah. hit this car as hard as you can exactly yeah yeah so i don't i didn't know that there's all kinds of weird rules in sports that i could do a whole topic about just by just by that but yeah i guess that's a rule you can't tow a car in nascar unless it's claimed to be wrecked and because the driver you didn't claim to, to be wrecked like before a, getting out, they couldn't do anything about it. You send out an official there with like a hammer and you smash the windshield. And <laughs> yep, it's like, it's wrecked. wrecked. <laughs> just, <laughs> Pretty much. You, you take a rock and you throw it at the car. <laughs> Crack the windshield. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. There you go. All right. So, and then uh, March Madness, of course, is going on. And um, one of the More big like March stories. March Madness. Oh. It sure is March sadness for it Purdue, wrecked. who became the second number one seed to ever lose to a 16 seed in the history More like of March Madness. Dude, that's my favorite. That is my dad and I's favorite <laughs> joke ever. Every time we talk about Purdue, my dad and I, we always go Perdon, because <laughs> we don't because they like play in because uh, they play in Michigan's conference, so we play them at least once, sometimes twice a year. So we just get tired of them. Um. So yeah, Perdon. Nice. So they lost to Farley Dickinson was the name of the school that they lost to. So if you haven't heard of Farley Dickinson, mm-hmm. I don't blame you. It's a small school in New Jersey. Um, but apparently, so a big part of college sports and a big reason why I love college sports is the bands. Every every school's got a marching band and the bands travel to the games and provide music. They play the team's fight songs and things. good things happen and such. And it it's adds to the effect and the atmosphere of a college sporting event. So, I guess Farley Dickinson doesn't have a band, like, at all. I guess it's that small of a school, or they don't have a director, or whatever. So, they played in, like, the play-in game before they played Perdon't, And then, so they played in the play-in game, which takes place in Dayton, Ohio. And then they went to, I don't remember yes. where the next game, yeah, exactly, boo. Um, I don't know where the next game was being played at. It might have been Columbus, Ohio, which is even worse. Um... But regardless, that's where they played Purdue, and then after that, they played uh, Florida Atlantic, and they lost to them on Sunday, which ended their Cinderella run, which was only bested by Episode Eight's cover art beating the number one overall seed in our um, <laughs> nothing-but-nonsense March Madness. Wait, so Cinderella run, Cinderella run refers to, like, a perfect run? It refers to a team that's not expected to do anything winning a couple games mm-hmm. in a row or winning a game or a couple games in a row. So Farley Dickinson I'm being say, a Cinderella, the, the Cinderella, Cinderella man. <laughs> Cinderella is not a very good runner because she lost her shoe. True. <laughs> or she's a really great runner because she ran out of her shoes. Mm, nah, excellent she, counterpoint. Well, she was she was in heels, so that was that true. You do have to make a. Uh, what do you call it? A. Uh, I can't imagine it would be word. very uh, Jurassic World. Very, very convenient to <laughs> run in glass heels. No, I would imagine yeah. it would. Hurt. Highly not shattering and like stabbing your foot. And also, <laughs> why did the glass? Why did the glass heel disappear with the rest of the dress? It's a good point. Because magic, Andrew. Because <laughs> that would make that would make sense and would cause a plot hole, Andrew. How dare you ask such questions? How dare I? <laughs> so, yeah, so Farley Dickinson played first in Dayton and then Columbus. And so because they didn't have a band, 
I don't know if it was the coach or the athletic director of Farley Dickinson, but they sent they sent out like an email to the University of Dayton and said, "Hey, we need a marching band. Can you guys help us?" And Dayton said, "Heck yeah, we can." So Dayton literally <laughs> lent their marching band to Farley Dickinson, and they had them play like all of Farley Dickinson's fight songs and just provide general hype music for Farley Dickinson as they were making their run and winning. So they so the Dayton got to go to like the Dayton band got to go to three games under the guise of being FDU's marching band, which was pretty awesome. And they were led, I don't know if you guys could find a picture of it, but they were led by the like University of Dayton's like band director. And he was wearing this incredible suit jacket that had like light bulbs in it and stuff. It was awesome. Um, so was, I'm going to see if I can find a picture of the guy because his jacket like stole the show. He was on TV for like a second. Here we go. Got it. So uh, that's a bad quality picture. Yeesh. Um, so Man, that heard you got uh, yeah. an FDU hoodie as well. Already. I did. Yes. <laughs> I liked, I like to buy gear for either colleges that I go near like geographically or like colleges that do fun things and like the college basketball tournament. So yeah, I did, I did purchase an FDU hoodie. <laughs> so yeah, they're in chat. I just dropped it. That's the, that's the guy wearing his jacket with all the um, lights wow. in it. So yeah, the band there that you see is actually the university of Dayton marching band, but they said, heck yeah, we'll help you FDU. And they provided hype for the team as they made their run. So I thought that was a really cool story. I wanted to share. More like the, the University of Phaeton. <laughs> so yeah, they had a, that was a fun uh, story to come out of March Madness. And then the last thing I wanted to, the last story I wanted to bring is a story that I've teased on the last couple episodes, and it's the story of Bishop Sycamore High School, which was <laughs> greatest the, high school ever played. The fake high school that got on ESPN. So I have a bunch of bullet points here. So it's so it it's always been it first used to be under the name uh Christians of Faith Academy. I don't know if it was even like a I don't think they've ever actually had their own building. They've always just been mm. basically a name and then their version of the quote unquote school is just going to the local public library like once. And like they're like, all right, cool. You did your schooling. Now let's play some football. Um, so there was no campus, and many of their student athletes were actually older than high school age. So they were basically taking Fantastic. like twenty something year old men into games against literal high school kids, and they were and they were instead housed in a hotel. And then yeah, the only <laughs> schooling being one visit to a public library. The players were also not provided with food, and some players resorted to stealing from supermarkets in order to eat. Jeez. And then their head their head coach claimed that the students that came to Bishop Sycamore would practice at Ohio State's facilities, which even though Ohio State is awful, um, they have very good facilities. So they actually just held practice outside of an apartment complex that housed Ohio State students. Uh, the team did not have not correct. Technically <laughs> correct. <laughs> the team did not have any athletic trainers, so athletes never knew how serious their injuries were. So they played injured a lot, and the apartments often evict often would evict the this Bishop Sycamore guys because the head coach failed to pay rent. 
Um, there were several kids that were 20, 21 or older, and some of them even had kids of their own. Uh, a number of the players had legal issues as well. So how did they get into a position where they Sounds were Sounds actually... funny at first, but then when you actually get into it, it's just like really depressing. It really is. <laughs> so you may be asking yourself, okay, how did Bishop Sycamore end up in a position where teams actually played them? Well, the simple answer is they took advantage of COVID. Because when COVID was going around in 2020, lots of schools were afraid to were there were a lot of teams that would cancel. Some teams some schools just canceled their seasons altogether. But like some other schools like um IMG Academy, I'll just use as an example. IMG Academy is a high school in Florida that basically serves as like a prep school for getting ready for college football. It's I don't know how much school actually goes on there. And they have athletic facilities at this high school that rival a lot of colleges. So like it's an incredible football high school, basically. <laughs> um, so they so because a lot of COVID cancellations happened, they were able to get games against like big time high schools, including IMG. Um, the first so the first year they did it, they went zero and six and were outscored two hundred and twenty seven to forty two across six games. <laughs> so they basically averaged one touchdown per game, while their opponents averaged a whole lot more than that. <laughs> So then in the wow. 2021 season, because Bishop Sycamore had gotten their name out there through the COVID cancellations and such, they actually were able to get like a really a legitimate they got famous by not playing pretty much. Well, they played just not well, but because they were a school well, that you was they, playing, they got they got canceled because of the cancellations. Well, no, they were filling in for other schools that canceled. Oh, okay. So that's how they got their say, name they out have, there. They were like, they people just heard about because they got canceled. Oh, yeah. I, I may have misspoke. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, they were not the ones getting canceled. Other schools were canceling their seasons. And Look Bishop at how Sikram. popular they are. We got canceled. <laughs> so this fake high school was filling in for the schools that canceled their games. So... They actually came into the 2021 season then with the fourth toughest schedule in the nation, which, again, they basically only got <laughs> because teams got familiar with them because they played games the previous season when a lot of schools didn't. So they they played a couple games and got killed that season. Um, but the big story that brought this whole situation to light was the 2021 game against IMG, which was a which ended in a final score of 58 to nothing IMG with the victory <laughs> <laughs> over Bishop Sycamore and I may be mis I may be misremembering but there is no I'm wrong I think that was the year I was going to say um Michigan quarterback JJ McCarthy played at IMG but I think he graduated the previous season so he wasn't in that game, but he was in the previous year's game when IMG won fifty six to six against Bishop Sycamore. But I also may be wrong on that. It. JJ McCarthy may have played in that game, but regardless. So the game was aired on ESPN because it was, and it was part of the ESPN High School kickoff Eastman. series of that season. Yeah, Espen. It's just a week. So this is a weekend of high school football showcases televised by ESPN's network, featuring prominent teams which have nationally ranked prospects and players that have committed to playing D1 football. So these games are intended to show the best the best high school teams with the best high school players that are going to be playing 
at big time colleges essentially that's the idea of it it's to get people familiar with them and a lot of people love love watching high school football as it is so people do enjoy this so the games were being booked and they ESPN needed a team to play IMG and they were struggling mm-hmm. to find a team so they outsourced their efforts to a guy named Joe Maiman I may be saying that wrong who runs his own company Maiman contacted 200 schools to play IMG and Bishop Sycamore was the only school willing to play against them of the 200 <laughs> schools <laughs> Which, again, was basically just, heck yeah, we'll play. We're just trying to get our name out there. (laughs) So they played against them. The game was expected by many to be a game between two elite programs. But as you know, by the final score of 58 to nothing, it was not. IMG basically dominated. (laughs) And what's funny is that it it became known down the road that this was a group of high schoolers dominating a group of grown men in football <laughs> so you're talking to me that the well the well-trained high schoolers dominated the group of grown men that trained outside of an apartment complex <laughs> exactly believe it or not that is what happened so it's basically playing touch football in a field exactly <laughs> so what ended up happening was that as the game is going on the play-by-play announcer whose name is Anish Shroff and the color commentator Tom Luganbill. Luganbill? Sorry, Tom. I don't know how to pronounce your name. They actually began to question the legitimacy. Name, yeah, exactly. They began to question the legitimacy of Bishop Sycamore live on air. They revealed that <laughs> ESPN had been unable to verify claims that its roster contained NCAA Division I college prospects, and they could not find any mention of of Bishop Sycamore or its players in any recruiting databases anywhere. So this includes ones to, outside of ESPN. <laughs> they failed to verify these were actually children. Exactly. And then Shroff wondered how Bishop Sycamore was booked for a nationally televised game against IMG, which is the most talented prep team in the country. And then Confidence. He, he also he also voiced that the game appeared to be such a mismatch that there's got to be a point now where you're worried about health and safety. And then the color commentator agreed, saying that the game could potentially get dangerous due to Bishop Sycamore's apparent lack of depth. And then one member of the ESPN production team likened the game to four and five star recruits against the JV team. After IMG scored 23 points in the first quarter, organizers began calling the game via mercy rule. Or they spoke to someone. They spoke, sorry, they spoke to Bishop Sycamore's coach about calling the game via mercy rule, but Bishop Sycamore's coach, whose name is Leroy Johnson, refused. He also refused to allow a running clock, which would have allowed the game to be played faster and less plays, less chance injuries, stuff like that. And then it... Gosh. And then it this subsequently... obviously doesn't care about the people. Why would he start now? Oh, wait till I get to him. <laughs> it subsequently emerged that ESPN officials had greenlit the broadcast, even though Bishop Sycamore was slow to provide rudimentary information about the school and the team probably because that information didn't exist so <laughs> but but espn was so desperate to find a team to play in this game that they just said screw it and and greenlit it anyway because they just assumed it would be fine also the coach didn't show up for a scheduled virtual production two days before the game they only got a ESPN only got a fact sheet about the school hours before wow, the game. He's such a she's such an honest guy. <laughs> I like that they just gave him a, <laughs> like a list of like the school hours, like what happens at the school to be like, yes, we are real school. See, look at this paper. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then this is where real schools school, do, we correct? are not computers. <laughs> yep. And then several members of the production staff thought something was amiss when several names on the roster did not check out at all, but the game went ahead as scheduled because they were because they needed this game to be it to happen, basically. So in real school, yes. <laughs> exactly. So box. <laughs> yeah. So aside from the players not even having actual Rost um offers and basically not existing on any recruiting profile or anywhere for that matter, essentially no one knew who any of the players were when all was said and done. But it also came out during I think it came out during the game that there was an active arrest warrant for the head coach of Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> Relating to fraudulent <laughs> misrepresentation, conversion, and unjust enrichment. And then he also faced a civil Wait, lawsuit. Who was, the re- who was the warrant for? The Bishop Sycamore head coach, Leroy Johnson. <laughs> I was going to say, if it was for one of the players, I mean, with all the running he was doing from the law, you'd think he'd be able to score better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then there was, so then the civil lawsuit claimed he owed $110,000 for not paying any portion of the bill from the hotel where the players were housed. He faced similar lawsuits for failure to pay for um, a busing company and a football helmet manufacturer. And he also took out a loan of 100000 that he never repaid to the bank. <laughs> and then there are former athletes at Bishop Sycamore also revealed that Coach Johnson's football plays all came from Madden video games. That's and hilarious. apparently the team also attacked a homeless man for attempting to break into the head coach Johnson's car. I mean, I kept hitting the X button, but they weren't running the play well enough. <laughs> I kept, I told the quarterback, throw it to square, and he wouldn't throw it to him. I don't know why. Um, so Leroy Johnson. See triangle on the field, so I didn't know who to throw to. <laughs> exactly. So Leroy Johnson finished his career with an 0-9 record as a head coach in high school. And in the aftermath, he allegedly stepped down, but ultimately people think he's absolutely still pulling strings one way or another. And as far as I know, Bishop Sycamore doesn't actually exist any, even as a school. Oh, here's a quote. Um, uh, Tyron Jackson is the new guy that took over as the head coach, and he was interviewed, and he said, quote, we are not a school. That's not what Bishop Sycamore is, and I think that's what the biggest misconception about us was, and that was our fault because that was a mistake on paperwork. I think that's putting it a little lightly, personally. What are yeah. what are you then? <laughs> They're literally just it was literally just a group of dudes that practice in a field by an apartment complex that took advantage of high schools dropping out and used it to their advantage to where they could literally put themselves in this position without providing any of the normally necessary like information necessary to do it. It's like, a bunch of grown men acting on that like desire to like get put in at any moment mm-hmm. uh, like when they're watching any sport yeah <laughs> like yes. there's just always that desire like if you're if you're watching a Wait, sport so it's like oh put have... me in put me in and like uh <laughs> these guys just acted on that and <laughs> actually played against high schoolers pretty much <laughs> so did they did they only have the one bad loss or did they have a bunch of bad losses they went 0-6 in their first season and then in that next season they lost i think uh this doesn't say but the head coach was 0 and 9 as a head coach in high school so he went 0 and 6 the first season and then he was probably let go promptly after this IMG game would be my guess because let they let go by who 
The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a really good question. Who was himself? The, I don't know. Who was the real head here? I'm actually not sure. It's a good question. I feel Dude, like it's differences. Him. I mean, probably, yeah. There was also a whole bunch of things where they tried they kept trying to like connect themselves to different like they tried to connect themselves to a church and connect themselves to like some other community school and like another organization and basically every time they tried to do it the whoever they were trying to like connect themselves to eventually would be like wait no something's wrong here and they'd cut all ties and i think the one community school they tried to like associate with actually sent a cease and desist letter to bishop sycamore so that to like officially put on paper that they're not to be affiliated with one another at all I don't Almost know like if you say Bishop you're affiliated Sycamore. with somebody, they could con- they could like contact them in some way and <laughs> yeah, talk to them about it. Yeah, so this is this is like one of my absolute all time favorite stories. Maybe my all time favorite story in the history of sports. It's just the absolute lunacy of all of it is just so perfect, and it was really a perfect storm of circumstances that even allowed this thing to happen in the first place. Like, okay. if it wasn't for COVID and having high schools cancel all their games, like, this would not have happened. Bishop Sycamore would have never landed anywhere, let alone on a national ESPN broadcast against the best high school team in the country. And in case you're curious, Kevin Hart announced that his production company, Heartbeat Productions, uh, Complex Networks, and others would be producing a docuseries which will cover, quote, how the school and this game fooled the world and became front page news. This is Dang. this could make for a really funny movie. This could make for like a cocaine bear esque oh, it, movie. It'll be a movie <laughs> one day. Where Actually, it's like it's like loosely based. Like obviously you get into the nitty gritty, you kinda get kinda boring. But mm-hmm. if you get like just the general aspects of it and mm-hmm. and uh do some comedy around that, it'd be pr- <laughs> really funny yeah also uh former nfl player michael strahan um his production company smack entertainment smac um announced in september 2021 that he had secured the rights to interview leroy johnson the head coach for a documentary about bishop sycamore so there's potentially two there's a potentially a documentary and a docuseries that'll be coming out about the some aspect of this whole thing and i I'm going Love to it. eat up all of it because this is without a doubt one of the absolute craziest thing to ever happen in the world of sports. It's so I encourage all of you because there's absolutely details about this that I missed. I encourage all of you to go look into this and just how crazy this whole thing was and try to find clips of the broadcast where the crews where like the commentators start to realize like something's horribly wrong about the situation (laughs) here (laughs) because that's how it all started i wasn't watching it live but i was on like on like social media people were posting like clips of them saying that where they're like "Uh, we can't seem to find any of their players on espn recruiting site or any recruiting site for that matter um so yeah also there's an arrest out for the head coach there's a warrant out for his, <laughs> his arrest they said that on live they said that on air too i'm like 99 sure they did say that live on air i could be wrong but i i'm like 99 sure that was said on air yeah <laughs> so Amazing. yeah that's the story of bishop sycamore the high school that fooled everybody perfect yeah perfect storm absolutely it's 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 just incredible. It really is. 
on that note, I believe that will bring us to a close this week as I quickly stall for time to pull up my outro script. Here we go. Give it, please give us a follow and leave a review, preferably a five star one on any podcatcher that has those features. Wherever if you leave anything less than a five stars, I will hunt you down. If you leave a five star review, we might read it live on the podcast. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, also, give us a follow on Instagram at the.nbn.podcast. Uh, we just wrapped up our March Madness bracket. Um, did episode 18 win, Dawson? It did. It did. Episode 18, Age of Conspiracy, is the winner of the podcast cover art bracket. Well-deserved, for sure. Although, quite frankly, they're pretty much all incredible. I don't, I don't know how people would think. It's a huge them. ego boost for Dawson over here. <laughs> I genuinely... As, my ego is almost as big as Vin Diesel's now. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely don't think, Dawson, you've made a bad one. Like they, They're all so good. I thank you. Yes, you're right. I, 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 I was going to say last week when you made, when Matthew made a comment about the art for last week's episode, I was like, I'm not going to comment on Dawson's art anymore because his ego is too big. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that's all took place uh, at podcast on Instagram. Also, give us a follow on the Nothing But Nonsense podcast page. Uh, if you follow either of those places, you'll get updates about ep- new episodes and anything else we may have going on. Um, I'd like to thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Later, y'all. Later. We don't know what we're going to do. We may watch something. We may have a guest, but we'll, we'll see. figure it out. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you in that. But you better be there, or so help me, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs>